Hey. Hey. How are you? Oh, you know, we're out here doing well, living. Hey, flourishing. Mm-hmm. God is good all the time, and all the time he's good. I love it. All right. Well, I am Ashley. And I'm Tania. And we are the co-hosts of your favorite podcast. You, I do. The podcast that is going to help you understand the importance of these wedding timelines. was a very great episode i know we say this all the time but it was it really was i'm going to go ahead and agree with ashley this was really really good i think that you all will get a lot out of this episode um whether you are planning your own wedding or you have a vendor team you have a wedding planner on board i think this will help you navigate part of the wedding Gigi, who was our guest she dropped some major gems, and so I hope y'all are listening. I hope y'all are taking notes because this will save you, at least I think it will save you some headache. Like Tania was saying, not only did we really just dive into the importance and the details of what a timeline actually consists of, we learned more about Gigi's brand Fetfully and what they are bringing essentially to the wedding industry um and i think this is such a brilliant brilliant piece of technology that is coming um super super excited for y'all to learn more about it um so this is kind of like a double whammy episode where you're getting more than what probably you anticipated but you know that's why you come to us that's why you listen (laughs) but honestly it was a great episode as all of our episodes are um and y'all will really enjoy it. So let us know, of course, um, as you're listening. Let us know how you like it. So when did weddings start costing more than a Prius, y'all? And how do you cut wedding costs without it looking like a sad little graduation party? Well, you can automatically cut your floral budget by over 50% by DIYing your wedding flowers with Flower Moxie. Flower Moxie is a DIY flower company that ships all over the U.S. They sell gorgeous wholesale flowers that you can build yourself in only a couple of days before your wedding. We're talking about bouquets, flower arches, centerpieces. They got a tutorial for everything, okay? So the tricky parts like quantities, color palettes, and floor recipes are all figured out for you. They have over 40 collections to choose from. It's kind of like Blue Apron, but for flowers. Also, they have such a fun, inclusive brand. And their website literally says things like, we won't leave you with your boobs flapping in the wind. I mean, how can you not want to exchange BFF necklaces instantly? So if you want to cut your flower budget in half, double your bragging rights, and create the absolute best wedding memories by building your bouquets with your bridesmaids, order your DIY flowers from Flower Moxie by going to flowermoxie.com slash do. And you get free shipping when you spend $500 or more. You also get access to their DIY masterclass and customer-only tutorials. Fancy. 
We have a very, very special guest with us today. We're really excited to have her. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Gigi McDowell, the founder and CEO of Fitfully. It's a technology startup that is focused completely on wedding and event planning. That came from me being a wedding planner. I actually started in the wedding industry when I was five years old, started my first business when I was 13 years old, and have just never looked at anything else with the love and passion that I have for wedding planning. So that is me. I'm so excited to get started. We're so excited to have you five years five I'm like what (laughs) five years old it's a crazy story but five years old my whole life I've known this is what I'm supposed to do that's good because there are a lot of people still trying to figure it out so the fact that you've had like time to actually know and really get acclimated with this industry and really see what does it need and be able to actually create something that can satisfy the gap you've recognized that's amazing thank you you're welcome you're welcome so tell us a little bit about your company like when did you start it um what brought you to it you know just give us a little background Yep. So we actually started in 2017 or 2018. And then it was just a small idea of me trying to find a way to connect professional wedding planners with couples who felt like they didn't have the budget to afford a wedding planner. And so that started because I had a bride who I was her wedding planner. And in our meeting one day, she started crying and I was thinking and she was crying hysterically so I was thinking that like they broken up the wedding was going to be off like counseling everything but she was crying because she couldn't afford to pay her invoice for my services and so me being a little kind of ignorant to things I was like oh just use wedding wire they're not there are all these books you'll be fine people are doing it every day and she started crying even more she's like it's not working. It's not what you think it is. I need help. I'm stressed. And there's like all this social pressure to have like this bomb wedding. And she had no idea what she was doing. And so I decided to do her wedding for her for free because I already fallen in love with her and her family. And so I did the wedding for free. And then I was talking to colleagues of mine and I was telling them about everything. And they were like, well, how can you afford to do someone's wedding for free? And then it's normal for people to just not be able to afford us. And so after listening to them, I learned that wedding planners, they stay in business an average of like five years. Majority of them are working full time jobs in addition to running their planning companies. And they are having trouble marketing their services, like the marketing expenses in the industry, just insane. And then on the opposite side, you have over 2 million people getting married each year. And majority of them do not hire a wedding planner. And majority of those groups say they don't hire a planner because they can't afford one. So I'm like, if you want a wedding planner and you want couples, it seems like we should be able to find a way for us to work together because we both need each other. And so that's how Fitfully came to be. Wow. I'm finding out, like, I'll send Tania stuff from, like, the Facebook groups and things like that. And we've started diving more into TikTok recently. And there's a lot of that audience there of, like, I'm planning my wedding but I'm literally planning my wedding. Like I'm doing it all myself or maybe I have a family member that can try to help me because she planned, you know, like a baby shower or a graduation party. And there's still just like so much that comes with the wedding space as like, 
it's not always apples to apples. Like it doesn't always translate over. And so there's just, there's that need because they still want that wedding. They want that bomb wedding for social, even though they're doing it themselves. And even though they may not have like a $40,000, $50,000 budget, they may have half that, but they're still expecting the same result. So I love that you are talking to that audience and like you are recognizing that audience because I think they often get ignored. You know, it's like, oh, you can't afford it, whatever. The price is the price, blah, blah, blah. And then they move on. And it's like, there is such a space here where like, you can help educate them and get them to that place. And there's a lot of folks starting out that's like, you could help these people and get your business up at the same time. Yeah, but as you stated, Gigi, like the fact that, like, I didn't realize how many wedding planners actually have another job on the side, but then also the fact that a lot of them are probably in debt because they go above and beyond for their clients, you know, and they know that their clients can't afford certain things but they do it anyway because they also want their name to be out there i mean because everyone's going to post their wedding on instagram and facebook so they want them to be like oh well who was your planner and then that's how you know the planner gets their name around so but i had no idea how many like how many planners actually are in debt (laughs) because of a wedding all the stuff like they buy everything to make it look nice And then they have to pay everyone who comes to help them. And then they get home. I remember I read a blog when I was doing research for Fitfully that one planner posted about like all of the expenses that go on with it. And she was like, she made about $40,000 as a wedding planner that year. She had a full-time job, but she ended up only bringing home $2,000. And it's just like, that's what it is. Cause you're right. Like They want to see the pretty pictures. And me as your planner, if the pictures don't look pretty, it looks like I didn't do a good job. So I'm going to spend all of my money buying everything I can. So it's just a tricky industry. And like Ashley was saying, like there's a lack of transparency when it comes to why things cost so much. The truth around like venue cost and food cost and photography and why if you say you're having a wedding, there's like a 500% increase on everything. And so that's a big goal of mine is really educating people through the process, but using my experience to kind of get them the same deals that I would get because we were talking about how people treat you differently when you have a wedding planner because they know someone is advocating on your half. They do have the knowledge. And so now we're just empowering all couples to have that same experience because they have fitfully and you get a real wedding planner. I love that. I love that. Cause yeah, once you start planning, there's so much you don't know and it's so easy to be taken advantage of. And that's so frustrating because it's like, it's not my fault. I don't know this information. And especially with like certain families or certain like couples where maybe they are like the first couple in their family to actually get married or to have a wedding in a venue, you know, like that's not like going to the courthouse or just going to the church. So it requires a little bit more intel and whatnot that some of us just don't have. That's part of like why we create the podcast. Cause once, you know, I was kind of starting to go through that process. I'm like, well, dang, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about that. Like, let's talk about it. And then of course, you know, you start to learn more and more and more as you go, but there's still so many people that are like, they're almost done planning. And they're like, well, dang, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wish I knew that nine, 10 months ago, but now, you know, hopefully it helps the next person. So yeah. um, 
we we absolutely love what you're doing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. So now we are going to play a quick game of this or that. It's everybody's favorite game. We play it once a week where basically we ask between one option or the other and you tell us why. But I will also say now that Instagram has kind of changed their poll status, you can say both if you want. I'm going to oh. try to go with this or that, but we will give you the option of both moving forward. So just I am to- horrible. At, I'm so indecisive. And so <laughs> I'm going to try my best not to say both to everything. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Tania is a both girl sometimes or a neither. Like, why do I have to be? you're good trust us but to get started it should be very easy i'm trying to stick with the theme of like timelines and whatnot so to start would you prefer so this is more of like you speaking from your experience in the industry tania you could just say however you feel based on how you feel (laughs) but to start would you prefer that hair goes first or makeup goes first oh it's kind of a split hair, makeup, hair. So all of it. <laughs> get your hair done, tie it up, get your makeup done, and get it retouched. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense, especially because bridal makeup takes so long. <laughs> I am with Gigi. <laughs> but you know what? I will say, I will say how I'm going to be doing it. I'm, I'm going to have my hair done first, and then makeup will come in. If it needs to be finished afterwards, then well, basically the same thing that Gigi said. Never mind. Both. <laughs> I was gonna say you're trying to make it. You're trying, but it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the same, partially because of the same. We have the same hair and makeup vendors, so basically that's, <laughs> that's the same process. Um, I started with hair because I had clip-ins put in, and then we did makeup and then she helped me put the like uh headband or barrette or the comb or whatever in um so round two see this is easy to me it's not a scary this or that so far um would you prefer to have the pre-ceremony photos with the bridal party take place or post-ceremony photos so cocktail hour with the bridal party pre-ceremony with everyone except the bride Ooh explain so because it takes like this goes with me being a wedding guest and also a wedding planner it takes so much time to like wrangle everyone to try to take all of those pictures like during cocktail hour it never works someone's mom is always mingling with people you have to like chase a mom or a kid and it's just like let's just get it done before everyone gets here and then the photos that the bride needs to be in let's bring her out and sometimes i even do where the bride can do with the groomsmen and the brides um the bridesmaids beforehand and then all the photos like with the groom and people she doesn't need to be seen by can have her afterwards but it's just after that ceremony people have already like turned on in their mind okay it's time to party it's time to mingle and do everything and they don't care about the pictures at all yes i I agree. And I'm actually going to take all of your advice. Um, (laughs) So thank you for that. That was a gem. Yes, that was a gem that Gigi just dropped. Yeah. So I'm going to say the 
same. Because honestly, I was thinking that, to be honest, but I was like, will that even work? You know, but now that I hear that you're, you know, like you've actually confirmed that, that's exactly what we're going to do. Because my fiance does not want to do a first look. So I'm like, all right, so let's just do all the bridal party pictures first and get those out of the way. So thank you so much. So that's my answer as well. (laughs) I am going to agree with both of y'all because that is what we did. We took all of or most of our photos beforehand, took a few during the cocktail hour that gave us time to eat during the cocktail hour. Um, So yeah, I'm all here for efficiency and knocking stuff out so you can party more spend time and greet people and do all that during the reception. Um, All right. So round three, would you prefer the outfit change? So going into the second look occurs during the cocktail hour to be revealed during the reception entrance or the outfit change occurs after the first dance. So during the middle of the reception, it depends on the dress and how your timeline is crafted. I've had some couples who, as soon as they come into the reception, they do first dance immediately. And then I would say, then get dressed up that. But it's usually because most of them are like my super party brides. And so they're like, okay, let me show off this pretty dress and twirl a little bit. And then I'm going to put on my twerk outfit after this and be fine. And so I think with that one, I'm going to go with both, depending on the personality of the couple and how their timeline is constructed. Okay. I'm going to choose... The second option, changing after the first dance. All right. Easy enough. I would, I'm trying to think, what did I do? I think I changed after the first dance. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. First dance. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's what I'll go with. All right. So final round, would you prefer to forego the garter and bouquet toss or would you prefer to forego the formal exit? So once it's over, it's just over. Like, just think more. So I guess, which pictures do you care about more? As a planner, I care more about the exit pictures because they are good for like marketing and people love to show them off. So as a planner, let's do the exit. As just a person, I still would rather do the exit because I'm just like super shy. And I'm like, I do not want you to go up my dress and do all that in front of all these people. So Either side, I would prefer to stick with the pictures and stick with like those moments. And I honestly haven't seen, yeah, I haven't seen too many like pictures online of people removing garters. I usually see like videos of it, but I rarely see like pictures of people under dresses. So yeah, let's do the exit. That's true. I didn't think about that. I have seen a lot of those videos. I saw one recently. It was explicit to say the least. I mean, you don't see under the gown but you know what's happening and it's like who's filming this (laughs) and i'm sure parents are still here like this is is disgusting like y'all are doing this right now like oh my gosh exactly that's why i'm like we can just skip that and my way again but i'm pretty sure (laughs) 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 all right um so originally, I, I was going to forego the exit. However, I think I'm going to change that because, yeah, I think I'm going to change that. So I will go with foregoing 
but I want to throw my bouquet. Well, I don't want to throw my personal bouquet. I want to throw someone else's bouquet because I want to keep mine. But I think, so let's just, no, I'm going to just go back to my original. I'm going to forego the exit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I mm-hmm. would forego the garter and the bouquet toss because why do we need this? Let's just keep moving, you know. To me, that just takes it, that eats into the dancing. You know, you got to stop the music for mm-hmm. this. And it's like, you know, you got to do that early on, like before everything starts or else you just kill the mood. And then now people are just trying to leave early because it's like, yeah. oh, it's hard to ramp back up to where yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So, so that's how I feel. Well, see, that this or that was easy. We will <laughs> thank you so much because <laughs> sometimes I'm stressed out about these. <laughs> like yes, I do make some of them hard, but I feel like you know this is easy. Let's let's just think about the events within the wedding day. What do we want? What don't we want? But as we stated at the top of the show, we are talking about timelines today. We're talking about the development of timelines, the importance of timelines, um, whether you are creating a timeline for yourself or creating a timeline for your clients, or if you are just, you got a planner. So you not even worry about your own timeline because they got it. (laughs) But just so that you're aware of what all goes into it? Why is this necessary? Um, why do vendors want it by a certain time? You know, all of the good nitty gritty. And I feel like, you know, we've been talking about weddings long enough, but we've never actually detailed like the timeline. We've never really gone here. So we're really excited to chat all about this with you. <laughs> so Tania, you can start us off. All right. So why are wedding timelines so important? I was just about to say, this is my favorite. Like, I, and I'm not like one of the planners who's like super anal and extremely organized, but the timeline is the most important part of my process. So important that like when building faithfully, I've made sure that no matter like which package you choose, no matter what happens, like you get the most detailed wedding timeline because it really can make or break things. And mm-hmm. I went to a wedding, I was a guest at a wedding and I had actually sent the bride like a template of my timeline and it is super massive. It includes things you would never think of. But of course that's because I'm a planner and I put like every single thing on there. And she's like, oh, this is too much. I'm not gonna do all this. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not gonna fight you on it. <laughs> and so I go to the wedding and like the vendors are still setting up while we're there. And I'm just like, if we would have made a timeline, we would have known about all this stuff. Like you would have talked to them. So with Fetfully, you get your timeline and we also do a final vendor meeting. So every single vendor has input on the timeline. The executor of the wedding is creating the timeline. And it is really so detailed to where it's like, if we said a church, straighten the pews in the book take the gum out of their mouth, go get the tissue to do this, make sure the shoes are tied. That is how detailed our timeline is because there's so many things that you don't think about and then you look up and the best man is like chewing on gum up there and all your pictures are like, (laughs) it's horrible. So the timeline is so important. It's really the way to like game plan and think through everything that could go wrong troubleshoot everything whether it's don't take a picture with stepmom and stepdad 
you can put all of that there. So on the day of the event, whoever is running it knows exactly what needs to happen, exactly what does not need to happen. It's just amazing. The best part. <laughs> oh, but thank you for that really good breakdown just to start us off about timelines. So you already kind of said who would be like creating the timeline if say you have a full planner, but say you don't have a planner at all, or maybe you have a partial planner or like a month of planner or coordinator, who at that point is creating the timeline? The planner should still be the one doing the timeline. If you have month of or partial because she's the one or he, they're the ones who will be there on the day of making sure everything flows. And so the creation of that timeline is really their opportunity to ask, how do you want things to go? What happens if this happens? How do you want me to handle this? So that way, I'm a firm believer. I never talk to my couples about anything bad that happens on the day of their wedding. But I don't have to because I've already talked to you about it two weeks ago. And so I know if the cake falls over, how you want it to be handled. I know all of those things. And so whoever is running the show on that day, they should be the one creating the timeline and they should be the one managing the process of getting all of the information in the timeline. Good to know. Good to know. That's super detailed. And I don't think every planner even talks about that. What happens if the cake falls over? Like, no, they don't. <laughs> it's <laughs> like don't even think about it because it probably hasn't happened to them but I think about everything because it's most likely happened to me before and so I'm like mm, not again so <laughs> next time I know better good wow. Gigi said I just need it one time y'all are not about right. to see me slipping <laughs> and no. it's not about to be my problem beyond this one occurrence okay. oh. I learned my lesson the first time in any situation I will not repeat a lesson Mm-mm. I love it <laughs> <laughs> so how soon should the first draft of the timeline be constructed like I'm thinking more in terms of in relation to the actual wedding day yes And so our timeline is a live document from the moment we start planning with you. And so when we get those contracts in from the very moment we are putting items into the timeline. So then about a month out is when we have our final bid and business. And that's when we're really like, okay, let's focus on this timeline. And I say that's when kind of like the real first draft is started. We go through about an hour long meeting with each vendor and we go through the entire timeline. What do you need from each and every vendor? What does the caterer need to say to the DJ? You'd be surprised like how much information every vendor needs from each other, but that's why we spend all of that time and build out those timelines with them. And so that's about a month before. And then once we start getting like the final counts for RSVPs and all that, because of course people RSVP late. So once we get all of that information, we put it into the timeline and about a week or two before we're sending that out. And then if there are any changes, we're constantly keeping the vendors updated. But then we also have a vendor timeline that's full of like the vendor information. But then we have a wedding party timeline that's full of wedding party information. And then we have a massive one that's full of everything that we need. I never thought about there being multiple timelines. And I guess it makes sense because like the wedding party doesn't need to know like the catering will start loading in at a certain time you know sis need to be in the back getting her makeup done when the time 
Yes. I'm sorry to be A late bridesmaid. Right. Is always an hour late. So it's like thinking about all of that with your planner. Because we get to learn the personalities of literally everyone. So it's like, oh, well, my sister is always two hours late. Okay, well, in her timeline, we're going to tell her that her makeup starts at one o'clock. But really, it starts at 2.30. So that way, she'll get here in a decent amount of time. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. We had some timeline issues. (laughs) With my day, part of it was because our venue had an issue opening up when we were supposed to open. So that pushed us back about an hour, hour and a half, which then crunched everything. And yeah, I mean, it worked out. Everything happened. That's what cushions are for. But yeah, like. Yes. So let's see. What should every wedding timeline include? Every wedding timeline should include a contact person, um, ceremony time, load in, load out, and lost and found, and where do gifts go. And I think that's, that's I, interesting. That's my short list because, of course, I have like a longer list that includes mm-hmm. everything, but that's pretty much it for me. Like the important, important details yeah. that everyone really needs. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, what are common reasons for a timeline revision? Really, last minute changes, the bridesmaid dropped out, the caterer is going to change the time. We didn't communicate the florist and the baker being here at different times. It's really miscommunication and then like last minute changes of um, locations of where something should be dropped off. But with ours, a lot of the times we have in our timeline like items that we need from like the couple, items that I need to bring, things like that. So that's where a lot of those last minute revisions are. And honestly, the most last minute revisions will be like bridal party and like family who's like VIP because it's like, oh, Melissa doesn't want to get her hair done at 2.30 because she has to go drop off her dog at this time. And so just little details like that. But (laughs) with vendors, it's pretty much laid out like in their contracts, how much time you have this, when they'll be there, what they need. And so in those meetings, we get those out, but we do not have final meetings with bridal parties. And so that's where all of the hiccups come in. What events in either the ceremony or the reception take up the most time? Eating, Mm -hmm. buffets, calling the tables out. How fast can the servers put the food on the plate? That's typically what takes the most amount of time. So it's like, oh, well, I'm not ready to eat. I'm not ready to do this. I don't want to do this. It's always like that first part of the reception where you're getting people settled, you're getting plates done. That is just yeah, that's the piece where it's just that in between from like cocktail hour to reception. Okay, sit down. They are ready to come in. They're not ready to come in. The groomsmen are taking shots over here. This bridesmaid already is throwing up over here. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh speaking God. from experience. Like all this has yeah. happened to you. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Wait, okay, so... Is there a way around that? I know this is not one of our questions, but is there a way around like the buffet? Because I mean, these days, a lot of people have buffets. Yes. So what I do is they always bring multiple like containers of the food. And so on my floor plans and when I'm thinking about event flow, I always put multiple buffet areas. And so I may put one in each corner. So that way these four tables can go here. These can go there. And there's never just like this one 
gigantic line. That's like a huge pet peeve of mine at weddings. I do not like seeing people just standing in line because no one listens. We said table one, but table 17 done sent her cousin up. They never listen. And so I'm just like, put the stations, put multiple stations, and then let's get it going. Let's get it flowing. For the guest experience, it's just so much better when there are multiple tables. Like, I will never get over the one wedding I attended where we were almost the last table, and we watched the people right in front of us grab the last crab cake. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was so frustrating because it's like, bro, we are hungry. We like right. people 17 <laughs> out of 18. Like, we are trying to eat. <sighs> oh, my gosh. So thank you for that. Because, you know, a lot of us, we're doing buffets. We're, we're not doing plated. It's just easier on the on the coin, right? We're trying to put that money somewhere else. Yep. So um, how important are vendor contracts to to the development of the timeline. That is where kind of the timing really gets constructed. So one example would be photographer. So let's say you have your main photographer for 12 hours, but the second shooter for eight hours. So when we're constructing that timeline, people want their hair and makeup pictures and then groomsmen's pictures and all of that. So we need to figure out, okay, if they're both here at the same time, we need to put that in a part of the timeline when a second shooter will be there because if they're getting ready at the same time, this won't happen. So how can we use those hours and be smart about that? Also, when it comes to the florist and the baker, a lot of people don't think about this. Let's say you have a cake and you want flowers on the cake. Do you want real flowers on the cake? Does the baker put the flowers on the cake or does the florist have to do that? So then you have to add in your floral contract. I need 10 extra buds so they can go on my cake. Will you put it on the cake or does the baker have to be there? And so thinking about that, it's like if the baker won't put the fresh flowers on, but the florist will, the cake needs to be there before the florist gets there or before the florist leaves. And so just thinking about things like that when it comes to every vendor. Also, the DJ is one that people just kind of brush under the rug. But the DJ is the person who's really managing the flow. So when it comes to that timeline, they need to know all of the details because they're the ones who are telling the guests, okay, it's time to eat. It's time to do the garter toss. It's time for the exit. They are managing the show. And there are so many things that they worry about when it comes to things going wrong because they're there to make sure you have a good time. But if they don't know when to call the tables up, they start playing the Cupid shuffle and then you want to go do this. They're like, well, golly, I done got everybody up on the floor and now you ruin it because I have to say last call at the bar. But if I would have known that last car at the bar was at this time, I would have started announcing it already. So just little things like that. Oh, that's good. That's really, really good. So what are common misconceptions with the timeline? A lot of people... And I see this on a lot of like DIY blogs and forums. A lot of it is really just, okay, let's do hair and makeup here. These vendors come at this time. It's really just the basics. And it's one thing that like irritates me about like checklists, timelines, and things that are like downloadable online because you have all of these lists that someone is written for you for free, but they don't tell you that that one thing on the timeline has 20 sub things or that one task on the checklist has 20 sub tasks. And so the biggest misconception is, oh, I can just put the times in and I don't have to think about anything else. Just tell them to show up. 
it's like one page long and I'm done. And the chances of something so big, think you spent like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. If you could like organize something that you spent that much money on with one page, you would probably be God. And so it's just like, it's not going to happen. And so just thinking through everything other than what's important to you um, is the biggest thing that people get wrong. That's true. Anything and everything could go wrong. You know, like you said, that timeline details everything yeah. to the T or it should detail everything to the T. So and think about every angle. One thing we do with Fefli is we put our couples into personality categories. So we know what's important to you based on your personality type. But me as a bride, I would be what we would call a diamond ring bride. So the things that are important to me are hair and makeup, when the music starts, like, is the food good? Are we having a good time? So if I weren't a wedding planner, when it comes to building out the timeline, the things that I value, that's what I put on my timeline. But then there may be someone who's a bouquet bride and they are more concerned about, okay, is my mom happy? Did my friend do this? So they're going to prioritize like pictures. Did I put everyone in the picture? Did I leave anyone out? Did I make sure that this person can get here on time? Did I think about how this will affect their feelings? And so with Fethily, we think about all those things. And when it comes to those couples, it's like working with Two people who are two different personality types and managing what's important to you versus what needs to really be done. And so when I see timelines and like examples of them, I can tell, okay, you're this personality type because you didn't think about this and you didn't include this because you don't think about doing that. You're thinking about how your brand works and what's most special to you. So much, so, so much here. So you've already kind of told us like who gets a copy of the timeline, but can you share with us when they receive it? And I'm thinking more for like y'all that are listening, when does your wedding party get it versus when do the vendors get it? Because I've also heard some like horror stories from some of our vendor friends that are like, yeah, it's the night before and it's 11, 12 o'clock and we still haven't gotten a, you know, like the timeline. So when should, you know, realistically it come? Yes, the timeline should be out at least a week to your vendors. Give your vendors at least a week. And that first draft that they're working on, let them know we're having this final vendor meeting because we're building out our timeline right now. And what we do at Fifthly is we share the screen. And so you see everything on the timeline. And a lot of vendors we work with, majority of them are like, wow, we've never done anything like this before. And so they're seeing as we're scrolling through the timeline, oh, I need to put something here. And so let them build it out. And then once you're finished with all those final vendor meetings, send it out to the vendors. Now, on the other hand, the bridal party is who you want to wait to the very last minute to send it to. Because there's always someone who knows more than your planner. There's always a bridesmaid, an auntie, or something who has been planning longer than your planner, who is a better planner than your planner, can't understand why you have paid her money. And as soon as they get that timeline, it's like, well, why did she put this here? What time does this go? Mm-mm. They pay me for a reason. So that's why I put that there. And Aunt Sally, you just don't have to deal with it for today because this is how the show is going to go. And so wait till the last minute to send it to your bridal party and your VIPs because they will be so critical. And it's like, well, I was in the wedding last week and it went like this. And so she should have put this like this. 
that was oh her wedding. <laughs> this is hers. So it's going to be a little bit different. <laughs> and I was thinking from the perspective of like, oh, I see that you got me down for makeup at 945. But I wanted to show up around 1130 because I want to go to brunch with my homegirl first. Like, <laughs> because as a bridesmaid, your priority on this day is the bride. You've known for months that you were supposed to be taking care of this bride. And that's advice I give mm-hmm. people. If I am their planner before they pick their bridal party, make sure you pick people who are going to show up and who are not only going to show up on this day of your wedding, but for the rest of your marriage to be there to support you. I have had weddings where the best man didn't take off of work. And so he didn't show up. Yes, it happens. And so I'm like, make sure you're being thoughtful when it comes to who's there and who is going to be there to support your day. But yes, the best man literally did not show up. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> how? How? Like, you know what? Did he show up to any of the other events? Probably and- not. To the parties and stuff. Oh, like that. okay. But on that See? wedding day. On the day of the wedding, mm-mm, nowhere to be found. And then we're calling it. Where are you? Oh, I didn't take off work. Okay, well, we'll see you later. And that was that. Wow. Wow. Like, I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised. Because <laughs> you can tell people rehearsal dinner is on this day. And, oh, well, I'm still working. I don't know if I'm... How do you... Exactly. We have to... This has been communicated yep. for months. You've already known. You're a bride. You're a bridesmaid. You're yep. in the wedding party. You oh my the day before is rehearsal and rehearsal dinner. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you don't even have to know the, the timing. Day. It's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and people. St- this just mm. some people are just not the best with managing their time. <laughs> That's true too. That's very true. Wow. Whew. Well, PTSD here. <laughs> <laughs> Taking me back to some days I don't want to think about. Um, All, right. <laughs> All right. So if we are building our own timelines, how much cushion time should we include? As much as possible, especially when it comes to like the end of the day, provide a little bit of cushion because it's going to get behind. Like even if it's like five minutes 10 minutes behind the most perfect timeline, something is going to happen to get us behind. And so just make sure you put, so let's say the dancing is most important to you and you really want people to be able to be on the dance floor for at least an hour and a half, put it for two hours on your timeline. So that way, if something happens and you have to condense something down you still are able to reach your goal with the most important part of it. So building in cushion when it comes to arrival time, we talked about photography, pictures always start late. Um, It's usually, I'm going to say this, it's usually like the parents of the groom who like show up a little bit late for the pictures. And it's always the mother of the bride who is out like mingling and talking to all her friends because she's like so excited because this is 
her day. This is her baby who's getting married and she's really in her head, the bride. She's just living it out through you. So the mother of the bride is always just head over heels excited and doing something she has no business doing, talking to somebody who she can talk to five minutes from now. So wherever you need her, put some cushion time there because she's having a good time. <laughs> you're talking about my mom because she did <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> you were thinking that too okay because <laughs> you asked her to this day who had the best time it was me okay <laughs> we know we your mama had a ball though she she, she really had the time of her life <laughs> she really did i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> When is the final timeline provided to the vendor team? You've touched on this before, but let's just kind of reiterate it one more time for the cheap seats in the back that weren't paying attention. <laughs> um, I give it to them at least a week in advance, depending on like how big of a weekend it is. Um, we've had some weddings where it's a three-day event. And so those, uh, I'll, of course, start building out and we'll give it to them two weeks before, but they're also very involved on building at that time so it's really just how big of a day it is but at least a week in advance so that way if they have any updates if they've changed their minds about anything we have enough time to get it to them but I try to do at least a week in advance but when it comes to like things that are needed for me I'm done like planning a wedding two weeks before the wedding start like that's my rule I have everything packed I have everything loaded everything in the corner so that way I know for like really the two weeks before one of my weddings I'm really chilling and the only thing I have to send out is the timeline because I want like that time to focus like get right it's kind of like a sport to me I need that time to focus to get right and so give the vendors the same amount of time so everyone feels comfortable and confident. So at least a week. Okay. So if we're seeking a coordinator or planner for our wedding day and request an example of their timeline they've built previously, what should we pay attention to that will let us know if they're a good fit for our wedding or my wedding, or if they probably don't have too much experience? But then also, is this a question that brides will feel comfortable asking? And should they feel comfortable asking this question? Yes, there should be nothing that you are uncomfortable asking your wedding planner. Because for like a year, she's going to be your best friend. And if I could tell you like some of the horror stories of like things that I've had to do on wedding nights, and it, oh, it's just crazy. But that should be your best friend for that day. And you should be able to ask her, hey, can I see a timeline? What has happened when something's gone wrong? And when you're looking at the timeline, look for details. Look for things that surprise you that it's in there. Because if it's something that you would build, being someone who has never planned a wedding before, and it looks exactly like something you would build, ask questions about that. Because you should be learning something in that timeline. Because this is someone who's been doing it for a long time or says that they have to have a lot of experience. So you should feel shocked and feel overwhelmed and feel like, oh my gosh, she gave me so much stuff. That's why I pay for her. You should leave out of that meeting feeling that way. And then ask for examples from three-day weddings to five-minute weddings to whatever it is. And then ask, what happens if something goes wrong? Like, is there an emergency contact number in there? Are there addresses for every location? Look for as much detail as possible. And when you look over that timeline, 
go into it feeling like I, I need to feel overwhelmed after I look at how much is going to go on that day, because that's how much she's thought about. That's how much it's like, okay, this is the whole day from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. That's really a wedding planner's day. Has she mapped it all the way out? And don't ask for the one she's going to send to you or to the vendors or to the wedding party. Ask for hers. What is your day and what is your weekend? What is your Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday look like? Map it out for me so I know that I can just put everything that I have in your hands. Ooh, I I like, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh okay. <laughs> yep, because I always tell people like Mondays, Mondays are usually, and even now that I am not doing like a lot of on-site events or weddings, it's still so ingrained in me that Mondays are my slow days because when I'm doing weddings, like literally Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm yours. And so my only day that I have to like rest is Monday. But that is a wedding planner knows that going in on Sunday, I may be dropping off tux or dropping off a cake stand, doing something like that. But make sure that she knows it's like four days before she's yours. Wow. Yeah. So it's okay to be overwhelmed by the information you're given. That likely means that you have a very good and competent Mm -hmm. planner to assist you with your day. So I know we didn't include this in the list of questions, but we do want to ask some questions about your biz and the technology you're creating, because this is so amazing. Like for one, kudos it's for- needed. It's needed. Thank Hello? you so much. Thank <laughs> you. So for y'all that don't know, that are listening, like you have received money from Google. You are part of the like Black Founders Fund. You receive money there. So that is amazing. But can you talk a little bit about that process? Maybe like from say, if a planner wants to be like, hey, I want to be like, I want to be a part of this. I want to help. I want to like, you know, I love what you're doing. How do they like raise their hands to participate? The planners can all go on our website. We have a page that's specifically for planners. It'll tell you more about what happens with Fefley, the different ways you can participate, whether it be actually hopping on and working with couples or just using your work for inspiration, being a promoter, an ambassador, an educator when it comes to wedding planning, whether you want to participate that way, that's all there. But then you also can book a call. And sometimes I'm on the call. So you just schedule a meeting, meet with our planning experience team, and we'll literally walk you through everything that it takes to be a planner on Fifthly. And one thing that was like near and dear to me and it's just like a huge rule of mine. I do not believe in charging planners or vendors to be on the platform. And that is because number one, it's a small business. A lot of them are like passion-based and they're doing it because they love it because they aren't really making a lot of money. And so they're here because they love it. But then I also feel like it creates a disadvantage for some planners who may be starting out earlier and were working with a top planner for 10 years and are now they own, they don't have enough money to market. But then there's one lady when I was planning, a lady was on another website listed as like the top planner in the city. And so she booked her and she paid her like $15,000 because she was listed as the top planner in her city. 
the lady had no idea that you can pay money. You pay money to be listed as the top planner in your city. This lady had never planned a wedding in her life, ever. Oh, my gosh. She had no idea what she was doing. And so on one end, you have these small business owners who are having to, like, dig the bottom of their pockets to pay to be on these platforms. But then you have Mm -hmm. couples who are getting taken advantage of because they see these badges, they see these stars, not knowing how you got it or what it means. And so my rule is there's no pay to play. We promote you because we love you. We promote you because we believe in you and you are going to offer like the best that you can to everyone who comes through faithfully. Wow. Yeah. So I did not know it was pay to play on some of those places. That is wild. I knew we've heard a lot about how some of those platforms are ridiculously hard to stay on. And we're finding, especially like within the black wedding community and those vendors, especially if you're starting off, if you don't put a lot into social and have that huge following, it's so hard to not be known because a lot of them aren't on those platforms or if they are, they're on like page 47 (laughs) and you know, they're all the way back there because they paid whatever was the minimal amount to get on to some of these platforms or even in like some of the like big publications. Sometimes you have to pay to be in those publications and to be frequently seen in those publications. And that's the thing that I think our average bride and groom does not know because when they're scrolling and they're looking and they're seeing the same folks over and over again, they're not realizing these people are paying for this exposure. I mean, there have been times that like both of us, when we were going through like even our vendor search, it was hard to find certain vendors that fit what we were hoping for in terms of like our wedding aesthetic and just our vibe and overall um, and budget because a handful that you always see. But then once you start digging back and going through, it's like, it's a whole bunch of other folks back here, but you, you got to click on a hashtag, click on a hashtag, click through someone's followers and click through someone else's followers, look at a tag photo to get to, you know, like that vendor and they're nowhere else. Like you could type in their name and they may have weddings every other weekend, but you would never know because they're like a forest in the trees that fell. You know, they have like a handful of followers, the people that follow them and like their posts and comment and stuff like that. All 20 of them do it faithfully. Yep. (laughs) They're all the way back there. (laughs) You know, like, and so you never see them because they're not the popular names. They're not the big folks that, you know, they're all over the place. So That's just another reason why I I absolutely love what you're doing. Um, And I told myself, like, starting out, and I was researching, like, all types of platforms from wedding to, like, financial platforms to tax platforms. And one thing that I learned, I'm like, if you are using anything online as a software, if you are using it for free, you are the product. And so... I'm like, I am not selling couples to people. I'm not selling phone numbers. I'm not selling that. I'm not doing that. I want this to mirror the traditional wedding experience. Mm -hmm. We pay vendors. We pay you because you can do what it is. We pay you because you're great at this, because you match my aesthetic. You match my budget. I am like a firm believer in like couples come first. And the only way that I can stand true to that and really just keep that value near my heart is making sure that I am not charging vendors and planners for me to say that they are great because that may not be the truth. 
Right. Yep. One thing my mentor of mine, when I was starting out, she's now on our advisory board. That's one thing she told me. She's like, do not pay to be in anything. She's like, it'll work. Just do it. Just do what you have to do. Feet to the ground, hustle hard, but do not pay for any of that because you will not make any money. And then a lot of the people who are paying, everything looks the same. So like you were saying with like your aesthetic, it's like, what about the weddings that look like weddings that I go to? And so right. it's like, that's that's another thing with it. It's like the design piece. Can I type in and can I go in there and say, I want this type of wedding and see a black planner and see a black wedding, see black, yes. see yeah. like a black aesthetic. Can I see that or will it all be just one way? And so diversity, all of that, and vendors and images and culture, everything, making sure that I feel seen. And I think that's important to me as a Black founder. It's like, do I see myself in all the different categories that I am in? Do I see myself on this website? And so a lot of the websites in the industry, I can be on there forever and will never see a person who looks like me. Yes, we we know that story very, very well. We've had this conversation a few times too. Um, and we're discovering more and more that there are, especially in the Black wedding community, there are so many Black brides that don't want a glam wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's all they see when they're seeking planners, vendors in general. And it's very hard for them to make that decision on who do I find to do my hair? Who do I find to, you know, provide my florals? Who do I find to even take the photos when the portfolios look the same? And even with the recent emergence of like the big media, big wedding, I'll say, (laughs) bringing on, you know, being more diverse uh, with what they're putting out, still there's somewhat of a very monogamous aesthetic of what wedding our weddings look like and it's just you know you want to feel good you want to look good on your wedding day but that doesn't necessarily mean four bundles (laughs) down your back you know like it could be some baby breath as instead of a barrette you know like it's up to you like I'm seeing girls talk about like oh I wanted a, a rustic barn wedding When's the last time you've seen a style shoot with like a black bride in a barn? You know, so many people who want that. It's so cool. And it's like, because like when things are getting built, like are there people from all of those communities sitting there building it? Or is there just people from one who's like, okay, this is what we think it means to be a bride. That's like that. Like I, I have um, a Latina who is on our planning experience team, and I will never know how it feels to be a Latina bride. And so I want you to feel the same way I feel when I look on the website. She's super glam. She's super over the top. That may not be my aesthetic. I want you to see what you want to see. I want to see what I want to see. And we're taking it like a step back to say, you can type in all those categories. You can say, I only want black vendors. I only want female led companies. I only want companies uh, that serve gay couples. I only want this. Getting that detailed and then it popping up for you because that's special. It's not just about, are they in my budget? Do they serve this food? 
Are they available? Like, no. Can you talk to me? Are you going to offend me and my family in this meeting? Like, do you know how right. to communicate with me? So yeah. all of those triggers that people think about, we've built that into our platform and into our process. So something that doesn't relate to you will never even pop up for you. I love that so much. And I think yeah. I'm so glad that you have recognized that because like, I don't think meet the wedding media, wedding industry at large recognizes how intentional we are with selecting certain vendors just based on demographics for our wedding day. And it's not just because, oh, I'm black. I want a black vendor to support black vendors. Like, yes, I do. But also, I know I don't have to explain certain things to them because they already get it because, one, they're Black. Two, they also have Black clientele or they have diverse clients that know the nuances that may happen where, okay, I'm explaining to you why we got to watch him by the bar. You know, like, I don't have to explain that. We just have to tell you, okay, Uncle Larry, you know keep them on the list. All right, cool. Somebody's going to, somebody's on that. Or, you know, like whatever it is, like even just with hair, natural hair, a big important thing. And we're seeing more and more brides wanting natural hairstyles. So finding somebody that can actually do that because your day-to-day stylist may not do bridal. So then, you know, finding that stylist that can actually give you the style you want, doesn't look like a protective style on your wedding day, but it's beautiful. (laughs) You know, like they get it. And I'm so, so glad that you're doing that because it's like, I mean, you know, with us, we do our vendor shout outs every week. But, you know, people just want to know, like, who are the other folks out there? Who else? What are the, the other vendors that I'm not seeing all the time? Who are these other people in they deserve to be found just as much as the 10, 25 plus K followers or whatever. Yep. So true. And so that's my mission. I'm like, I'm putting it all out there and I'm going to segment it so much that you can type in natural hair with this, that, and then the perfect stylist comes up. Like that's my vision. I love that. Yes. I love that. I love that. So can brides start their process now if they're like looking for a vendor? Can you provide a little detail there? So uh, they can plan with us now. So you can go on there and we have a search of planners. So you can look through and see which planner you want to interact with you um, throughout your planning journey. And we have several levels to where you maybe just want someone on our team to help you throughout the process. Or maybe you want that planner who planned I was going to say Drake, but he's not married. I don't know why Drake is in my head. But maybe you want the planner who planned LeBron James' wedding or Carmelo Anthony's wedding. Go on there and click her and see if she's available for a meeting. So that way you can plan with those people who you've always imagined planning with. So that's where we are right now. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll be rolling out um, more versions of our platform. So as you go onto the platform and start planning your wedding, it grows with you and it gets to know you. So as you're getting down there when it's time to do tasks and make all of those decisions we've gotten to know you more so we can eliminate all of the stress that comes with oh is this burgundy or is this red is this white or is this cream should i get this flower or should i get that one really taking all of those decisions out of your hand so today you can go on 
start your planning journey with the planner that you want. And as you go along your wedding planning journey, the platform will grow with you. That's Love amazing. That. Yes. That we is, needed this. I know. I was going to say, dang, like, <laughs> I could have did this from the very beginning. <laughs> right. It would have helped me and my fiance. Because <laughs> it's not as easy. Wedding planning sometimes is not as easy as it's assumed or like how the yeah. TV, the media paint it, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so easy. You find your dress, you do this. Everything is just check, check, check. No, it's not like that. It's not. It's like we've, it's when looking at like those spreadsheets and those books, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is book a caterer. Okay. If I can just call and say, hey, caterer, you available? Here's the money. Let's go book caterer. But no, you don't know. You have to call and book the caterer. Are you available? Are you this? What's on your menu? There are 50 tasks that go along with booking a caterer. And you don't know that until you have to know that. And so we've kind of thought through all of those decisions, everything that comes with that throughout the entire journey. So you're no longer saying, okay, book a caterer means this. Not only are you doing that, we're telling you, okay, this is the caterer that has exactly what you want to eat. They're available on your date. They're within your budget. But not only is this the person, we're going to book the meeting for you because we see you're available on April 17th and they're available at 4 p.m. the same time as you. So let's go ahead and put that meeting there. And then we'll take it a step further. You don't even have to leave to have the meeting. You can have the meeting right here on Fifthly. Just do the video here see here at 4 p.m. All of your notes are here, everything that happens. Your planner can see it. The other vendors can see it. If you want to share it with your mom, she can see it. So everything that's happening along the way, you have a dashboard that's live. So every decision that the vendor makes along the way, you see it. The photographer sees it. Your partner sees it. So really thinking through everything and being as transparent as possible. But then thinking through the entire journey from inspiration to getting you down the aisle, what's going to happen? How do we solve these problems before they come? And how do we build a comprehensive platform that truly is a wedding planner? I love that. I'm over here like, I know. (laughs) So I could have had this all this time. (laughs) Right. No, because for a busy bride, like your platform literally does it all. You know, so all you have to do is, you know, I mean, hey, like pick up your phone and like, okay, all right, everything is good to go. And it's in one place and everybody has the access to that same thing. So it's not like, oh, you having to type this. But yeah, (laughs) like that just makes it so much easier instead of having to like put the information from one place to another to make sure that everybody has a copy. It's all in one place and we should all be looking at the same thing, which also eliminates confusion because... Exactly. This is the version we're all working off of, not the version mm-hmm. from over here or the copy from here, you know. Mm-hmm. It's one version. Oh. And even those questions I was saying that the DJ has for the caterer and this, we've thought through all of those. And so it's automatically answered when you book that person. The questions are automatically sent to each vendor that applies to them. It's just really thinking through everything that a planner does and not just me as a planner it's like a team of planners who we've been working with for years who have all put their input on it so we make sure that someone may not plan like me they may plan better than me but she helped and so putting all of those processes together so we can offer the best product we could to couples i love this so much uh we'll move now into the vendor shout out 
Now we're going to move into wedding vendor love. This is where we shout out vendors that we love. Gigi, who would you like to shout out this week? Let's see. Vendors, I have worked extremely closely with these last few months. I am going to shout out three Dallas vendors. Um, Chic Balloons, amazing company, amazing, just beautiful balloon decor. Um, She can mix florals in there, centerpieces, just super amazing. The second one is Dallas Cookie Momster. And I am, I have fallen in love with her cookies because she does like those really cute decorative cookies and she can do all types of designs and they don't taste like chalk. I think that's the biggest thing with like a lot of them. People are like, oh, they're cute. (laughs) But what do they taste like? Hers tastes like vanilla ice cream and it is just the most amazing thing I have ever had in my life. And I, if I could go get a cookie from her every single day, I would get a cookie. And they're pretty. Um, the last one is Culinary Oasis. Black-owned caterer that's here in Dallas. Um, amazing food. Can do shooters, appetizers, all the way to barbecue. Just whatever you need. An amazing caterer. So uh, my fourth one, uh, I am big on like personalization and there's a company, Cali Creations, and she makes everything from bags to cups to masks, everything that you may need, just the little things that make things special. She does all of that custom for, for me and a lot of my events. And so those are the four vendors I like to shout out. Awesome. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? I would like to shout out an elopement photographer based in Georgia. However, she travels. So if you want to get married anywhere outdoors, she can capture your day. And not only is she an elopement photographer, she is a Black woman. I know, it is so rare. Her name is Kate. (laughs) She is found on Instagram at make underscore adventure underscore stories. Um, You can also find her on her website, makeadventurestories.com, or you can find her on find.huido.com. I love it. Her work is nice. Very, very nice. I love how you see that she has captured all couples which I think is really important because we are always here to show and highlight the full range of Black brides and Black weddings. And the fact that there are so many Black couples that are going to the mountains and getting married, just them and theirs and maybe their immediate family. And it's beautiful. I know some people from school that had this beautiful elopement in the North Carolina mountains some years ago. And to me, that is like the standard for wedding elopements um, in the mountains. So to see now more Black couples doing this is just amazing. So again, follow Kate, make underscore adventure underscore stories or make adventurestories.com. Who are you shouting out to Nia? Yes. And so this week I'm shouting out Cupcake and Bake Shop. Now, let me tell y'all a story. So over the weekend, I went to California. I went to San Francisco um, and went to a wedding in Oakland. And when I tell you they had the most delicious cupcakes and cookies that I've ever tasted Oh my gosh. And so I had to ask the, I don't know if she was one of the managers, but I asked her, where are these cupcakes from? And she told me they're from Cupcake and Bake Shop. So I actually took one home with me to Atlanta (laughs) because they were that good. Anyway, so 
found out that um, this cupcake shop is owned by Lila Owens. She started out home base in 2007 and she has expanded from there. So you can find her in Berkeley, Oakland and Walnut Creek. So if you're out in those areas, please look her up. She also does DoorDash. And so if that's your thing, if you in the area, go look them up. Please support this business. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. You will want two, maybe three, maybe even four cupcakes, child, because they're that good. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, Cupcake and Bake Shop. Trust me, you will come back and be like, girl, you weren't lying. They have vegan cupcakes. They have gluten-free cupcakes. They have regular cupcakes. Child, go get you some. Love it, love it, love it. Well, Gigi, where can people find you if they want to know more, if they just want to start their journey? What should they do? Yes, you can find us online at fetfully.com. And it's F-E-T-E-F-U-L-L-Y.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. And whether you're a planner, a vendor, a couple, reach out to us. We don't only do weddings. We do baby showers, rehearsal dinners, bachelorette parties, bridal showers, nonprofit events, any type of event you need. Um, we have planners that can help you. So that's where you can find us. And we're excited to meet everyone who reaches out. Love that so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, oh my thank God. You. If you ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huidu.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note, but Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on huido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. You can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Story on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week.